this is a prime opportunity um, with all the third-party delivery, online ordering. Restaurants now have access to that data. And if, if they don't know they have access to it, um, you know, many of them may, maybe know that they have access, but they don't know what to do with it. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined by Kevin Tinsley, who has spent 23 years helping restaurants with print and digital media. He got his start as a busboy in the Chicago Hard Rock Cafe, working alongside the likes of Steve Carell uh, there when he was a he was a server getting his start in his career. Um, he now specializes in virtual and ghost kitchens, online ordering, third-party delivery. Really excited for this conversation. Kevin and I chatted last week and. Um, just so many great insights. I was like, Kevin, we just need to record you talking because uh, right. I loved what he has to say. So Kevin, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Zach. I really appreciate it. It's nice to be here. And, um, you know, it's it's exciting to talk about the restaurant industry. You know, it's so much concern and, and empathy for everyone out there in the industry with Absolutely. COVID right now. But with everything that's going on, and you had a, a guest, uh, Wilson Lee, who talked about this is an, a great time to reconfigure uh, the industry and go forward under a new normal, right? So, um, you know, I, I've been saying this for a little while that restaurants are where grocery stores were oh, 20, 30 years ago, where, you know, grocery stores, they didn't know who their customers were. Then mm. they got the loyalty and a great book on this, if, if somebody wants to read it, it's called Scoring Points. And it's the story about Tesco in the UK and how when they got their loyalty card, they found that people who bought diapers also bought a lot of booze. Go figure, right? They wanted, they had to have that. So those are the, you know, those are the coupons, the offers that they ended up sending them at because they, they're growing with their family. Restaurants are at that, at that stage right now where they didn't know who their customers were. People would come in, dine. Maybe they knew their, their, um, their frequent diners, their best diners a little bit. But they didn't know where they lived. They didn't know facets of their life. And so this is a prime opportunity um, with all the third-party delivery, online ordering. Restaurants now have access to that data. And if, if they don't know they have access to it, um, you know, many of them may, maybe know that they have access, but they don't know what to do with it. So it's important to find companies that are going to help you uh, make use of that data. And, and, and you... You've had many many uh, folks on here talking about how important data is. These oh days. yeah, data data is so important. So let's talk about that a little bit. So what specific data should uh, restaurants be collecting? Fantastic question. We hear a lot about restaurants collecting telephone numbers and email addresses, but we really have to take that a step further and make sure you get their home address because that's so crucial. Many in, in my 23 years of working with um, restaurants, especially pizza. Pizza players were the first ones to know, okay, this is where my, my customer lives because we're delivering to them. And we know um, that pretty much 80% of their uh, business comes from only two to three neighborhoods around the store. And that's never really going to change. So that drives everything uh, from where you place your billboards and other marketing materials. So, And it's really important to get that, that printed message combined with the digital message and utilize a QR code 
on that printed message because that QR code is going to take that offline vehicle and turn it into an online engagement. Yeah, we, we were talking about that before, and it's so important to remember that I, I always tell people that if I were to start a restaurant from scratch, right, I would use, obviously, I'm a bit biased, right, but I would use Ovation um, yes. to, to get people back. But how do you get people there? Right? You, you don't just hang up your shingle anymore and get people in. Um, you know, there's great companies out there to, to do it, but mailers are a great way. People, people a lot of times will say, ah, oh, mailers, it's like, it's not the 80s anymore. Well, but it's, it's a great way to let people know uh, that you're there, right? Yes. To bring people in the door, especially if you're not Main Street downtown. Yes. Everyone has a mailbox and they're still using it. And guess what? They're all at home. And even when they use the third-party delivery apps, they're either at home and using it there or they're on their way home and they're and the food is going to be there when they get there so people are eating at home and and that's a really important um you know there are so many things you can do with mail of course you can put a, a magnet uh with a qr code have it on the refrigerator and that's a sticky that's that's really sticky there oh so my, my grandmother can, she has the pizza hut magnet on her fridge that was that was mailed to her with a qr code in it she doesn't know what a qr code is but every time she opens up her fridge she sees that pizza hut logo yes right Yes, it's so important. And, you know, you can have a QR code for downloading the app. You can have a QR code for ordering your favorite meal. That's the power of that one-to-one. -one. I mean, you know, there's, there's more than one-to-one -one mail. There's one-to-one -one digital now. And there's so many companies out there that are doing one-to-one -one digital email, of course. I used to say that uh, the two one-to-one -one, uh, vehicles were, had the word mail in it, direct mail and email. That's mm. that, what I call the point of truth. So you can um, know that you're, you're getting the right customer. They've given you that information. And, you know, Zach, there was one thing I, I heard uh, on your last podcast talking about access to, uh, and it's a good point, uh, approval to send a customer a text or an email. With mail, you don't need that. Once you yep. get their address, um, it's important to, to go ahead and mail them something because, you know, you don't need that approval. You can yeah. just mail there's no totally. approval for the mailbox. The, the mailbox is the approval, right? Yes. Um, yeah. When so, you're choosing, let me throw ahead. something out there. When you're choosing an online ordering company, certain companies do not request that home address, but certain other companies do. So there's a company out of uh, Tampa, Florida, online orders now. When you use that company, they request the home address. And I think that most consumers are, um, they want, they don't mind doing that these days, I, I, especially if they're ordering from third-party delivery firms, they already have their address in there. Uber, yep. you know, you, your location is really omnipresent now. now. Everyone kind of knows that, hey, I need to be tracked in order to have either food delivered or my driver to come pick me up or whatever it is in life, right? Yep. So one of the things that, that you've talked about is, you know, knowing your customers, the, in terms of like scoring points, interested to read that book, but you are also specializing in third-party delivery. So let's let's talk about that. Is is third, in your opinion, are third-party delivery providers the the enemy or the knight in shining armor? That's you know I hear a lot of folks talking about them being the enemy, and I, I I've got a different take on it. Let's look at um, third-party delivery companies as Google as search. People are hungry. They're far down in the funnel. If I was a restaurant, I'd want to be where those consumers are. They're, they're hungry. They're hungry enough to go to that app and start looking for food. That means they're far down in the funnel. And, you know, the solution, I think, as I talk a lot with, um, 
you know, because there's a difference between ghost kitchen and virtual kitchen. And I, I believe the, the verse, virtual kitchens started and the reason they're gonna uh, continue is that when you have a third party delivery firm, I heard a story about, um, I'm gonna just use Grubhub as an example here. Uh, they saw a lot of search for chicken wings in the Northern part of Chicago, North, Northern city. No company offered that. So they went to their restaurant provi you know, providers and said, look, we're having a ton of searches on, on chicken wings. Nobody's providing it. Can you go ahead and develop a virtual brand? or start selling that out of your restaurant. And so that's why I think in the future, you're gonna see many more virtual brands um, out there where you're where they only exist on DoorDash, Uber Eats and, and so forth um, and sell the food that way. Uh, and it can be a different uh, brand from their existing restaurant. So, so that's why I think it's gonna continue. Do you feel like it's a little bit scary though? Because Grubhub, how hard would it have been for them to just open up their own virtual kitchen, right? And at some point, these, these companies need to start making money. They can't just be blowing all of this money um, from their investors, right? Eventually, yeah. they're going to well, have to start making money. So, so how are they going to make money? Well, and I've said this before to folks, is that their value, similar to an airline's loyalty card program, the loyalty program and data that they have is more valuable, could be more valuable than the airline. Same with Grubhub. The data that they have and this is maybe more valuable than, it probably is at this point, um, than the actual delivery service that they provide. So my, um, I have a way for um, Grubhub, because there's this contentious relationship, right, between the restaurants and the third-party delivery firms. So there, I believe the third-party delivery firms are going to have to start giving back in an, in an aggregated way, non-PII, personally identifiable information, mm -hmm. of course, so that they can aggregate the data in a way to share with the restaurant and say, look, this type of food is coming from this neighborhood request. This is where your, most of your sales are coming from. This is what you, where you should go back and market to this neighborhood or this set of uh, blocks or whatever they wanna you know, establish it at. But there's gotta be a way for them to, and there is, there's a way for them to come back to the restaurants with uh, that aggregated data to share and help them grow their business. Because the consumer is on, they're online at, at the, at the third-party delivery apps. They're, they're not going away. So, so do you I feel think like that, that's going to be something that's a, an upcharge to restaurants? Like, hey, do you want more marketing insight data than, you know, pay here? Yes. Yeah, I think that that's what the way they're going to develop. And really, uh, you know, my thought is that they should expand and become more of a marketing company themselves, an ad agency, if you will, because you've got a certain number of eyeballs on uh, the Grubhub app, let's say, uh, but what about those customers, uh, consumers that aren't on the app yet, or maybe they only have DoorDash and not Grubhub? So it, it, the power is there with uh, third-party delivery firms. They they know, just like the pizza companies we talked about earlier, they know who's who's ordering, how much they're ordering, what they're ordering, and then where they live. The combination of that data is so valuable. And again, that's not going to change that much throughout the um, the history of the restaurant. Um, you know, unless you're near... Uh, expressway where you've had a lot of traffic but even right. even now like you you probably go to the same restaurants you travel that route every day yep. so that information and knowing who they are the family cycle of what's going on in that family in that household you know now my kids are out of the house i'm eating differently or ordering differently the, yeah. the amount of food is different so that is really where i think restaurants are going to have to expand into and and know their consumer um it's, intimately 
So let's let's talk about online ordering uh, because there's all these great first party companies like you know Olo, Lunchbox, Bbot, um, Flip Dish. Uh, anyway, there's there's a ton of them out there, and what's going to be the the blend of third party to first party? Because unlike back in the day, right, where it was either you sell through Amazon or you don't sell online, you have your brick and mortar. Now we've got a, we've got some optionality, right? So right. how is, what's the future of uh, of first party delivery? Well, first party delivery, like I said, that is your own ordering uh, platform, of course. If you've co- contracted out to someone else, I would uh, look for companies that are going to capture that home address, like I said. And remember that that data is your data. And that's fantastic as a restaurant owner. If you use Olo or Online Orzar or what, you know, all these different companies that you mentioned, that data is your data. You, know, you just have to request it uh, and, and start to work with them on how can, we, how can we improve this and go back and mine where the gold is, right? Well, and so, you could and, leverage that too, right? Like yeah. we have integrations with all these uh, companies and all of a sudden now you're collecting, you're putting them into like your text database, you're getting more online reviews, you're connecting with your customers, you're resolving these issues. All of that's kind of hidden when you use third-party delivery. You're, you're outsourcing your customer experience because these, these uh, third-party delivery uh, companies can't afford to let you talk directly to your customer. Right. right? It, yeah. And that's, that's where it's, it's important. You've got uh, folks out there that are teaching restaurants how to take that third-party delivery. They fill the funnel and then you capture them and get them to order direct. And that's the most important step there, similar to what the hotel companies are doing as well. But you've got to keep pressing that third-party delivery firm to share the data at an aggregated level because a lot of the third-party delivery firms are sharing what types of food are being uh, ordered um, and they, that's in their best interest to say, okay, we're seeing searches, like I said before, for this type of food and it's not showing up. There's no one selling that kind of food. So we recommend that you add this to your menu. So th- it's in, in the third-party deliveries com- uh, company's best interest to work with the restaurant and, and start to sh- talk about how much data can we share um, mm-hmm. at the non-PII level. And if you do that at the sub-zip code level, at the neighborhood level, which is the environment that I worked in for so many years, you can get so much valuable data out of that. You don't have to go one-to-one. If you follow the money, I always say, follow the money. Follow the, the top margin products that you're selling, the food solutions and, and where it's going. And you're going to make more money because you're gonna find others that look like your best customers in that neighborhood. And you're already delivering to that neighborhood. You, you find your best customers and you say, okay, I'm gonna, my goal is to deliver to that neighbor who lives right next to my best customers. Uh, because for some reason, they're not, uh, they're not ordering. I like to say, I used to describe that, uh, neighborhoods out there uh, in the world of the difference between the trailer park and the golf course communities. You know, everyone's got to eat. You're just sending them different food. They're spending different amount of money on it. So amounts of money. So it's, it's a really interesting dynamic when you start to explore the data. And you don't need a data scientist. You just need that follow the money and find out where most of the orders are coming from and, and most of the dollars. And like I said, it's usually two to three neighborhoods around the store. And that's going to be the li- feed a family for life is what I say. Feed a like family that. for life. 
You know? I like that. And and when you're opening when you're opening a restaurant every day, I say you're throwing a party. You are opening and you're throwing a party. When you when you throw a party for your kids or yourself, you always invite people. Otherwise, no one comes. Yeah. You have to invite people to your party every day, right? So that's that's the way I see it. Whether it's digital, uh, print, or or some way, but you have to have that list as well. And that's Dude, I what like, I like to. Yeah. I like that. That's that's a good uh, that's a good mantra. So, what would be your last piece of advice to uh, to listeners? Well, again, just look out for the future because uh, and pay attention to those grocery stores. I think the CPG companies, consumer packaged goods companies, are going to get smart and start to sell their food directly to consumers, just like we see uh, a lot of other industries. Um, you know, you're going to see food companies selling directly to consumers, possibly through third party delivery. Uh, you know, where you've got if you look at a grocery store, the folks are there behind the deli counter. They can sell and put together all kinds of food for the consumer through the third party delivery. So uh, I'd say watch out for that and just watch and keep technology and data first and, and digital first at the top of your uh, your menu board there. Well, I, I will say, as I've looked at other companies and as I've gone to trade shows and met a bunch of food distributors, I know that there's food that I've ordered uh, directly from the wholesaler because I can't find that that pear ravioli outside of meeting my guy at the trade show. It's like I right. feel like I'm doing some kind of a drug deal, right? Like I just, yeah. I just, I, I seriously have looked for his booth and made sure that my booth was near his so I can get my pear ravioli, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, anyway. that's interesting. So, Kevin, love the conversation. Here are my takeaways. One, uh, read the book Scoring Points. It's all about knowing your customers. Check out the grocery industry 20 years ago to collecting data, home address, know the neighborhoods, get it online and offline. Three, look at third-party delivery as like a Google. It's not the enemy, but it's about how you leverage it. And it's about using their data and asking them for that data. Uh, number four, the future, there's going to be a lot of virtual brands because of that data. I, I love that. Thank you. Super interesting insight. And five, CPG Maybe barking up the trees direct to consumers. So just just uh, beware of that. Uh, and I guess I'll throw this one in there. I like that. Throw a party every day. That's what you're doing. We're, we're opening right. up for parties, man. Um, That's right. So Kevin, uh, tell us about what you're doing. How do people find you, follow you? Well, I'm in transition now, like a lot of folks out there from COVID. So check me out on LinkedIn and I'll get back with you. I'm Kevin Tinsley at LinkedIn on LinkedIn. Awesome. Kevin, uh, for, for being such an uh, awesome proponent and expert in this industry, for helping us understand the importance of the home address and giving us a future vision, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us, Kevin. Outstanding, Zach. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. The best. See ya. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.